0: CHAPTER Sixteen of Nan Sherwood at Pine Camp. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carmen H. Nan Sherwood at Pine Camp by Any Road Car. CHAPTER Sixteen. INJIN PETE Nan Sherwood could not cry out, though she tried she opened her lips only to find her throat so constricted by fear that she could not utter a sound perhaps her sudden and utter paralysis was of benefit at the moment after all for she could not possibly have escaped the infuriated lynx by running the creature's own movements were hampered by the deep drift in which she had landed the soft snow impeded the cat and snarling still she worked around and around like a pinwheel to beat a firmer foundation from which to make her final spring at her victim. Nan, crouching, put her mitten hands before her face. She saw no chance for escape and could not bear to see the vicious beast leap at her again. Momsie, Papa Sherwood, she thought, rather than breathe aloud. Then, down the hill toward her, plunged a swift body. She rather felt the new presence than saw it the cat yelled again and spit there was the impact of a clock gun upon the creature's head of blue, take that take that cried a sharp voice between the blows that fell so swiftly the animal's cries changed instantly from rage to pain nan opened her eyes in time to see the maddened cat flee swiftly she bounded to the big tree and scrambled up the trunk and out upon the first limb there she crouched over the place where her kittens were hidden yelling and licking her wounds there was blood upon her head and she licked again and again a broken forefoot between her yells of rage and pain but nan was more interested just then in the person who had flown to her rescue so opportunely he was not one of the men from the camp or anybody whom she had ever seen before he was not a big man but was evidently very strong and active his dress was of the most nondescript character consisting mainly of a tattered fur cap with a woolen muffler tied over his ears a patched and party-coloured coat belted at the waist with a frayed robe his legs disappeared into the white tops of a pair of boots evidently too big for him with the feet bundled in baggings so that he could walk on top of the snow this in lieu of regular snow-shoes his back was toward nan and he did not turn to face her as he said be not afeard little manzel the bed-shed is gone we shall now do famously eh no be afeard more no no sir gasped nan trying to be brave won't won't it come back nay cried the man with a flourish of the gun which was a rusted barrel or weapon perhaps more dangerous at the butt end than at its muzzle the on only feels for her babies she has them in that tree we will go past leaving them strictly alone eh no cried nan hastily i'm going back to the camp i didn't know there were such dangerous things as that in these woods ah you are the strange little mansel then responded the man you do not know the big woods i guess i don't know anything about this wilderness confessed nan my uncle brought me to the camp up yonder this morning and i hope he'll go right home again it's awful it seem terrifying to see little mam'selle because she is unused eh me i'd be terrified as the big city where she come from p'raps they tell pete-bought waggings run without horses like steam mill oh no wonder see them they're in them and he laughed not unpleasantly making a small joke of the suggestion indeed his voice now that the sharpness of excitement had gone out of it was a very pleasant voice the broken words he used assured nan that his mother tongue must be french he was probably one of the canucks she had heard her cousin speak of french canadians were not at all strange to nan sherwood for in tilbury many of the mule hands were of that race but she thought it odd that this man kept his face studiously turned from her Was he watching the bobcat all the time? Was the danger much more serious than he would own? Why don't you look at me? cried the girl at length. I'm awfully much obliged to you for coming to help me as you did, and my uncle will want to thank you, I am sure. Won't you tell me your name? The man was silent for a moment. Then, when he spoke, his voice was lower, and there was an indescribably sad note in it call me injun pete said me everybody in the big boots know injun pete know all the name now once the good brothers at aaron mac going make scholar of pete make him priest too p'raps he go teach among his mother's people mother micmac feather wild frenchman come to this lake shore but never can pete be teacher be priest none none She injun pete then suddenly remembered what little margaret Leveillon, had said about the fire at Pale Lake, and Indian pit. The fact that this man kept his face turned from her all this time aroused her suspicion. She was deeply, deeply grateful to him for what he had just done for her, and naturally she enlarged in her mind the peril in which she had been placed. Margaret had suggested this unfortunate half-breed was not right in his head, because of the fire which had disfigured him, but he spoke very sensibly now it seemed to Nan, very pitifully too, about his blasted hopes of a clerical career. She said quietly, I expect you know my uncle and his family, Pete. He is Mr. Sherwood of Pine Camp. Ah, Mr. Han Sherwood, I know him well, admitted the man. He nice a man, very kind to Injun, Pete. I'd like to have you look at me, please, said Nan, still softly. You see, I want to know you again if we meet. I am very grateful. Pete waved her thanks aside with a royal gesture. Me? I'd be glad to be of use. Oh, we, oui. Little manselle must not make much of nothing, eh? He laughed again, but he did not turn to look at her. Nan reached out a tentative hand and touched his sleeve. Please, Mr. Pete, she said. I... I want to see you. I... I have heard something about your having been hurt in a fire. I am sure you must think yourself a more hateful sight than you really are. A sob seemed to rise in the man's throat, and his shoulders shook. He turned slowly and looked at her for a moment over his shoulder. Then he went swiftly away across the snow, for the bobcat had disappeared into her lair, and Nan stumbled back up the trail toward the camp, the tears blinding her own eyes the disfigured face of the half-breed had been a shock to her she could never speak of it afterward indeed she could not tell uncle henry about her meeting with the lynx and her rescue she shrank so from recalling injun pete's disfigured face chapter sixteen.